Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Support for Busted Open comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I know for myself, I used to use scissors when cutting the hair around my balls, and I would get cut. Now, I can finally do it safe and easy. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest, most vile, stinkiest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUSTEDOPEN at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, your balls. Well, thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUSTEDOPEN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUSTEDOPEN. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I discuss everything with AEW and NXT. And how do we do it? I don't know, 45 minutes with one of the greatest voices in the history of pro wrestling, Tony Schiavone. And oh yeah, by the way, our very own Mark Henry stops by as well. And how about this? To get you ready for Crown Jewel on October 31st on the WWE Network, we have Kane Velasquez and Rey Mysterio. Amazing show on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Kane Velasquez and Rey Mysterio is going to be joining us in studio in just a couple of minutes, so we might as well dive in a little bit into Crown Jewel Bully and, of course, the big matchup that we're seeing with Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury and Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez. Perfect examples of, you know, kind of, branching out of their comfort zone a little bit. I shouldn't say comfort zone when it comes to the WWE, but the heavyweight boxer against Braun and the muh fighter and Brock Lesnar. So really looking forward to what we're going to see at Crown Jewel. And again, a bit of a tough spot if you're a viewer. On Halloween, in the middle of the afternoon, it's not used to what we're seeing for the pay-per-view on a Sunday night. Um, which match of those two attraction matches are you looking forward to more Kane and Brock or Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman it's not even close it's Kane and Brock because first of all Kane has now a a deal with the WWE so he's not going anywhere plus there's a history between Brock and Kane Braun and Tyson I I just I feel that this is just going to be 
a spot where Tyson Fury goes over big on Braun Strowman, maybe with a knockout punch, and then Tyson goes back to the boxing world, and then Braun Strowman's got to come back on that Monday afterwards on Raw, and it just goes back to business. You know, there isn't going to be really any kind of follow-up. Not the same when it comes to Kane and Brock. So you really think that they're going to allow Braun and Tyson Fury to to have a wrestling match, a fight, a tussle, any of that, as opposed to swerving everybody and having them team up together to beat, like, five other guys? I think this is going to be... I think one thing we definitely agree on, Bully, is there's not going to be a wrestling match between Tyson and Braun. I mean, I know that Tyson kind of, you know, you know, you know, kind of walks to the beat of his own drum, so to speak. But when there's so much money on the line in the boxing world for Tyson and he's got a big fight coming up in February, I don't think there's going to be a lot of physicality between Tyson and Braun. That's why I'm afraid that this might be a quick thing where they kind of just jaw at each other, maybe some shoving back and forth. And then Tyson Fury hits Braun with a knockout punch. I got to tell you, if I'm sitting in the creative room and I hear that idea, I'm objecting immediately. And my number one object- objection is, what does that do for our monster? He's the biggest guy here. This guy's going to be with us for a long time. And yeah, he may get knocked out in Saudi Arabia and then come back the following Monday night and destroy the entire company. But the fact still remains that he would have gotten knocked out. If I'm in on this... I'm promoting this as a fight. I might ring the bell. I might let them get into a little bit of a tussle. And then I'm sending down other guys who are basically saying, screw you, Tyson Fury. You're taking one of our spots. We should be in there. Nobody wants to see you in the WWE. And I, th- and I think if I'm on creative, I want to see Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury beating the crap out of everybody else. Because I think the shot that you're looking for at the end of the day is Fury and Strowman shaking hands and raising each other's arms. That's your sports center moment. I, I Man, I, I don't want Braun Strowman. I don't want my guy looking bad. This is different than LT and Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow was a heel that could afford to lose a match, especially with the way Bam Bam designed that match and LT's willingness to be physical. So this is much different. Braun Strowman's still relatively young in his WWE career. I don't want to see him laying down for Tyson Fury. And conversely, I understand why Tyson Fury can't lay down for Braun Strowman. They have to have an out here. They have to. I mean, I I hope, Bully, you're right. But but do you see what we're doing here? When, when it comes to Kane and Brock, we're going to talk about what's going to happen on October 31st. But we're also going to talk about what's going to happen once we get past October 31st. Because this could be a story that goes on for a while because Kane's not going anywhere. When it comes to Braun and Tyson Fury, it's just a spectacle. It's just it's just a one-time thing where you're going to get, hopefully, an ESPN moment. And that's about it. I don't think anybody's really looking forward to the match itself. I'm almost going in there with a little bit of fear where I hope they don't embarrass Braun Strowman. On a much smaller level, back in TNA, I did something with Brandon Jacobs, who was, what, what was he, a fullback or a running back for the Giants? Yes, days? yep, for the Giants. Did the whole thing um, with him. I let him put me through a table. The whole reason was we wanted to get a Sports Center moment. We wanted it to be on ESPN, and it made it onto ESPN. That was the business. If the business here with WWE is just to get an ESPN Sports Center moment, that's fine, but I don't want to see them do it at the expense of Braun Strowman. I think there's too much of a risk. 
Because then he's always becomes the guy that got knocked out by Tyson Fury. And if you're going to get knocked out by somebody, Tyson Fury is a pretty credible dude to get knocked yes. out by. But why do we need to go there? This is pro wrestling. It could be anything that we want it to be. I'd rather see them get together. Like, they've been, they've been chummy enough with each other where I could see them fighting together. Yeah, I could see that. And and when you talked about Brandon Jacobs, Impact Wrestling or TNA at that time, I'm sorry, they were looking to get some publicity or they were looking for those types of moments. The WWE can get those types of moments on their own. SportsCenter does talk about the WWE from time to time. They don't need that Tyson Fury moment to get ESPN to talk about them. So it's a, it's a, it's kind of a different situation as TNA, you know, back 10 years ago is to oppose what's going on with the WWE right now. I I always look at at the pro wrestling side. I just don't want to see the wrestler get embarrassed by the boxer. I agree. I am on one bo- I'm on board 100% in the in the and the difference between Braun Strowman and the Tyson Fury angle or Bully and Brandon Jacobs or LT and, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Bully and Bam Bam were stone cold heels. They could afford to lose. They could afford to yes. have egg on their yes. face. They could afford to get beat up. They could afford to get, get put through a table because they could always come back the next day and blame it on something else. We're not in that situation with Braun. Braun is one of those guys in the WWE who's loved. Get these hands, selling merchandise, blah, blah, blah. Because if he gets knocked out by Tyson Fury, then I got to come on the show and go, well, Braun, you got those hands. Yeah, and I think that's why, Bully, until you said it, and you've said it before, it makes sense. And I didn't like it when you said it initially, but now that we're getting closer and closer to Halloween, I'm starting to buy in a little bit more. Maybe the way to go is that there is outside interference, and then you see Braun and Tyson kind of team up. Because Braun is a babyface. Braun is a future champion. Braun does sell merchandise. Braun is loved by the crowd. This is not a Bully Ray or a Bam Bam Bigelow situation here. It's completely different. So I think you might be right on this one. Maybe they do the only out is for something kind of wonky to happen where they team up together. I think you might be right on this one. Which ones have I been wrong on so far? <laughs> I'm sorry. Why do you got to, you know, you can't even take a compliment. You're unbelievable. Let's go to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go to Jonathan in Chicago. Jonathan, what's going on? What did you want to say about last night? Last night was incredible. Uh, on both ends, I like the end with Finn Balor uh, switching heel. Um, I thought that was good for the end. I didn't really get into most of the show because I was watching AEW and Chris Jericho did so good of a promo of him and Cody. I thought it uh, uh, was great. And to back to piggyback on what you guys were saying about the Kane Velasquez uh, situation and the Braun situation, I agree with Bully uh, wholeheartedly. I think uh, Braun wasn't the right guy for me. He wasn't the right guy for that situation because who he is already in the WWE. But overall, man, wrestling is going good. I really appreciate what they're doing. And, um, man, Dave McGregor, you're the best. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. See, Bully, some people think I'm the best. Whatever, Dave. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can't even take a compliment. I get killed either way. If I don't take the compliment, then I don't know how to take Well, you're throwing it. I was joking around when I said that. You said, oh, you can't even take a compliment. All right, whatever, Dave. (laughs) 
I'm a Dave LaGreca guy. Yeah. All right. So we did a lot of talking, obviously, about Tyson Fury. But what about Kane and with, with Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar? You know, is I this something see, I, that's going to oh. continue? Uh, I don't see why it shouldn't. Um, I don't know what we're going to get. Based on what we see in Saudi is whether or not I want to see it continue in um, – you know, in the WWE, I'm hoping Kane's level of physicality is similar to what we saw against Brock Lesnar on that first night of SmackDown. Once Brock and Kane get on the mat together and start doing what they did in an MMA ring, it's going to it's it's going to be really interesting and entertaining because they're going to be able to go in there and do those things that they did in the world of MMA. And it's going to make sense. Kane has also spent enough time in a wrestling ring that he's going to be able to go in there, he's going to be able to do some spots, and you know that Brock is going to work his ass off to make this all look good. And it's funny, it's what timing? We're talking about Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar, and who comes but Cain Velasquez and Rey Mysterio. Perfect timing, Bully. There they are. Ray Ray, how are you, brother? How you doing? (laughs) Good to see you, Cain. How are you? Doing good. How you doing? Good, good. Very much. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. So we're talking a lot about Crown Jewel. Obviously, Crown Jewel is taking place Thursday, October 31st at 1 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network. And, Kane, for you specifically, mm-hmm. because I'm the old school pro wrestling guy. Okay? I'm the one. I, I'm not familiar with the world of mixed martial arts, so I'm pro wrestling. So mm-hmm. when I saw your debut on Friday Night SmackDown, that first episode yeah. on Fox, which was a big day for the WWE yes. and for us as fans, I was like, oh, no, here comes the MMA fighter. I want to see a pro wrestler in that Mm -hmm. position. So I was a little let down to see you, and then you turned it around. You're now officially a part of the WWE. What was the decision by you to go with the WWE, retire from mixed martial arts, and be a WWE superstar? Well, number one is to um, have have this this fight with with Brock. You know, I would say say it's number one. Watching Raw, watching what he did to uh, to Ray and his son Dominic, um, that was my that was my my motivation to uh, to come in and um, and to wrestle with him. Yes. Did you think he was gonna come in like one off shot and? Yes. That's why. That's you were, it. That's so what you're you upset, know. Right? So thank yeah. you, right? Because mm-hmm. then the next day I'm ranting and raving and yelling yeah. and screaming mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I thought there here comes Kane for that one off, and then to find out just a couple of days later that he's now signed a, a yeah. deal with the WWE, then, of course, all my anger turned in. Again, I look like a hypocrite on the <laughs> I, air. Right I now. have never been around somebody that committed to want to learn this business mm-hmm. as much as Kane. He's dedicated and he's full on. I think he's going to make a big impact. Kane, like what do you see as the biggest differences already between the world of MMA and the world of WWE? Um, I would say is... Um... When you when you kind of have to slow things down a little bit, you know, to uh, to get the emotion out, but also um, to really recognize the crowd, to recognize the crowd's emotions, um, to you know that plays a factor in it as well. And fighting, um, we're more just focused on the task at hand, and that's just you know being being the being your, your opponent. You know what I mean? And you're not really listening to the crowd. You you don't really listen to the crowd till your your job is finished. Then then you take it all in. But during that time, you kind of have the blinders on and you just focus on what you're doing. This, um, you're kind of more so present in the moment 
with the crowd and also uh, with also with with a task at hand. And that's also you know beating your opponent as well. Um, when you what was your emotions when you're coming down that entrance ramp for the first time? Because you 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 have had experience in the pro wrestling ring before, but mm-hmm. what was it like for you that Friday walking down that entrance ramp towards Brock Lesnar? Oh man, it was just different. Um, you know, this is. Um, this is just a whole new animal, you know, with, with working with the WWE. Um, this is the, this is the top man. This is, this is the top tier here. This is where all the guys want to be in pro wrestling. So just super excited for the opportunity and just, um, just thankful, you know? Um, but also, you know, anytime I go out and compete is always have those, those, those nerves when you go out. This is no, this is no different. It's having those nerves to go out and compete and to, uh, you know, just to get everything right. Yep. Kane, I want to talk about the physicality week one with Brock Lesnar and the physicality the other day with Shelton Benjamin. You came out on that debut of SmackDown. You know, you double leg Brock. You start laying into him the same way you laid into him, you know, in that octagon. It came across really well, really mm-hmm. physical. Brock was definitely afraid of you, and I believe that worked. Last week with Shelton, I wasn't as optimistic. I felt the physicality on Shelton was a bit of a stretch, especially with the punches. What What is your take on it after being in there with Shelton and maybe yeah. watching it back? Watching it back? Um, it's different when somebody's covering up. You know, when somebody's ready to, uh, to fight you toe-to-toe and they're – their face is open, you know, then you can go ahead and, you know, start throwing punches at, at someone's face. But when they start covering up is when, you know, with my hands not even being taped yet, my hands are, don't have any um, any gloves on. Um, there's a lot of hard things that you can hit, and those are elbows, forearms. Um, you know, humans aren't, aren't made to, to punch, really. You know, the anatomy of a human, there's so many bones in your hands. So I broke my hand plenty of times with with the tape and with it with the glove on so like people don't understand the punches don't necessarily have to be strong if they connect like it's lights out so even um i'm not a big strong puncher on on the ground um you know what i mean like i'm i'm a, I'm more of a guy that needs to throw technique when i first started in fighting people called me pillow hands when i fought against ben rothwell I threw a lot of punches, but they weren't really – they didn't have a lot of, like, substance behind them. And that's just that's just me. I, didn't, I wasn't a naturally strong puncher. I needed a, to learn the technique of punching. That's throwing my hips into every shot, um, just having the technique right. So being an undersized heavyweight, I didn't have that strong, natural power going in. It's something that I really had to work on with the technique. Boy, I thought Kane was going to get physical with me in the break, Bully. Like, all that talk about, you know, how I wasn't happy about him coming to that debut episode of Fox. You know, SmackDown on Fox. But, you know. Kane, you said you're not the best puncher in the world. If you want to punch Dave in the face right now, we can see what happens. You know? <laughs> he so said I, no. <laughs> hey, I wanted to follow up on the last question. So, Kane, I appreciate you being honest enough to say, hey, I might not be the best puncher on the ground. But the other night, to me, the punches could have been on the same level that they were against Brock in week one. So, Ray, let me ask you a little bit. Let me, let, let's see if we just pull the curtain back a little bit. <clears throat> Would you advise Kane to lay his stuff in a little bit more, especially when you're in there with a guy like Shelton Benjamin, who's a legit shooter and an NCAA wrestler? 100%. I actually I felt like I was a corner man, and the first thing I thought was – 
he held back mm-hmm. because I saw him punch Brock, and uh, he he was he was laying him in. So uh, of course, when we came back, we had a bit of a conversation, all in in good vibes, uh, just improving uh, the the person that Kane wants to become in that mm-hmm. WWE ring. And I told him, I said, just like you do in UFC, lay him in, yeah. hit, knock him out. If you're gonna knock him out, knock him out. That's that's what we want to see. Not just that's, the fans, but myself. I want to see you do yeah. that. Yeah, and that's what Absolutely. I'm gonna do. You know what I mean? Um, this is the thing that I'm always gonna get better. And you know, listening to the fans, listening to you guys, you guys are gonna create a monster. You know that that I'm always looking at for perfection. So, hey man, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna do it now. Yeah. I mean, Kane, when it comes to Brock Lesnar, you're the most legitimate mother trucker out there. Mm-hmm. You're the only guy that I know who's ever beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Ray, who mm-hmm. else in our world has done it? No Nobody. One. No one. Nobody manhandles Brock Lesnar the way Kane Velasquez did. Mm-hmm. So I want to see Kane Velasquez go and beat the shit out of Shelton Benjamin <laughs> the same way he beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar in an octagon. Hell yeah. 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 Okay. 100%. Yes. Yes. Now, I know you guys got, you're, you're very busy, and of course, you know, I can't wait for Crown Jewel, Thursday, October 31st, 1 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network, and the great thing about the WWE Network, if you don't watch it live, it lives on the network, right. so it's, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I may go on my third divorce, right, because of the <laughs> WWE Network, okay? I mean, there's 30 new episodes of Mid-South yeah. on the WWE Network, I may get divorced you for a third time. got a whole time. library there. I know, it's, it's, stop, you don't have to sell Damn, me I'm just saying, have, I'm just uh, saying. You got my $9.99. All right, really quick. Last question from me, and this this is for you, Ray. As a father, and I know it's in the world of the WWE, but to see your son manhandled like he was, your son Dominic, by Brock Lesnar. I mean, what's going on in your head? He's a when bastard. You're that? Brock is a bastard for doing what he He's did. He's a garbage, right? I mean, I, you know, I've faced Brock before, uh, and you know, he. I guess you go back to my experience that I have the years I've been put in this business, but uh, he never threw me around like that. You know, and for him to do something like that to, to my son, my blood, mm-hmm. you know, and just uncalled for, yeah. uncalled for. And just like Bubba said, you know, there's nobody on this planet that can brag about whooping Brock's ass but one man right here, Kane. Kane Velasquez. And what better person to have by my side to take care of some issues that, unfortunately, I can't take care of right now. And again, Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar, WWE Crown Jewel, Thursday, October 31st at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the WWE Network. Guys, it was great having you in studio. Thank Thank you you so much. Ever wonder where your family comes from? You could discover more about them and learn more about your story by combining the Ancestry DNA test with billions of historical family records. I know for myself, my mom's Italian, my father was Italian, but I really don't know the background of the LaGreca family. I can finally realize that with Ancestry DNA. You can even trace your ancestors' journeys over time, following how and why your family moved from place to place. And to amplify your results, you could start a free trial on Ancestry and build a tree so your ancestors become more than just a name. It's so easy to get started. Go to Ancestry.com slash podcast today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com slash podcast for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. Ancestry.com slash podcast. We have two men in studio now. 
I got to be honest. That whole Kane Ray thing, not so much. Not when you have this gentleman that just walked into studio to get me super excited. And that is one of the greatest voices in the history wow. of pro wrestling, Mr. Tony Schiavone. I will kick Ray Mysterio's ass when I see him. <laughs> Put it that way. Tony, But not Velasquez, he's too big. <laughs> I popped so huge last night when you made the Gary Albright reference. I thought that was awesome. Oh, thanks. It was. Uh, it's been. Uh, it's been quite a ride. And uh, so I'm in town. I'm, I'm here to see my son. We got his uh, his uh, young daughter is going to be baptized this weekend. So awesome. I thought I was in town. And I so I, I called and I said, you know what? I want to go see my real good friends and sit in and talk to them first thing in the morning. And unfortunately, they're not available. So I thought I'd stop by and see Dave. Ah, thank you very much. Dave was busy talking to somebody else when I said that joke. But thanks, Bully. It's great being with you guys. It's great being here again. The last time I was here, you had a much smaller studio. Now you've yes, got we've big, grown. Big We're getting yeah, bigger, getting right. bigger. Um, it's so weird because my daughter's getting confirmed this weekend. Yeah, so this how about is, that? This is that's perfect timing. Very good. Now you actually mentioned this on your show. What happened when? Which right. I listened to religiously. But the last time you were here in studio, and you talked about it on your show, is you were here with Tommy Dreamer and Dee Snyder. Sure, so right. So think of that surreal moment, Bully. It's it's Tony Schiavone, Tommy Dreamer, and Dee Snyder. That's a hell. Of, that's a motley crew. That <laughs> that's something else, isn't it? Wow. And uh, Dee Snyder told me he said we used to watch you in the tour bus. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, and and that kind of blew my blew my mind because uh, you don't you don't really think about the crossover and. And people in entertainment who watch you or listen to you, but it was a big deal to meet him and be able to do that. Tony, how much fun are you having right now? Time of my life, bully. I really am. Time of my life. It's awesome. I really am. I mean, you, you, you can hear it out there in yeah. your voice. You and JR in such a nice little groove. But like I just listening to you, uh, it seems like you are having fun all over again and might not have been expecting to have this much fun in the wrestling business ever again. No, well, actually, I never expected to have a job like this in the wrestling business again, <laughs> first of all. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. i be able to work with JR, who uh, he and I have been longtime friends and, and worked together back in the 80s and the early 90s and being able to work with him and – you know, he can always get me. He knows he can get me. He can make me laugh, and he will make me laugh right before we sit down every time. Used to be that he would make me laugh during commercial breaks, but we can't do that anymore because we're on during commercial yeah. breaks uh, on international TV. So uh, it's just wonderful working with him. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure about Excalibur, but I, I think the kid is, is dynamite, and I think he is really the next great announcer in wrestling. I really do, and, and I'm really enjoying working with him. He knows all the moves. My God, he knows a name. He has a name for every move, Dave. I can't believe this. <laughs> uh, and so I try to just keep up with him there. And but I, I really, I really enjoy working with him a lot. I tweeted this last week during uh, Dynamite, and it's something that I was really excited about, and it got a tremendous reaction from the fans as well. Is that in 2019 we're getting a, a championship match called by Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross? Like mm. that, as a fan, that moment's not lost on me. Do you think about that at all, or is that just like, hey, I'm back, I'm working? But do you do you ever kind of sit back and just take the moment in? Well, I do when they introduce us because what they'll do when we go out to, and do a dynamite, they will uh, introduce. Uh, Justin Roberts, our ring announcer, will come mm -hmm. out. They introduce Excalibur, and then they'll bring Jr. and I out at the same time. And that's when it hits me that wow, 
you know, here I am working with Jim once again, and we're back doing it again. But once I sit down at the desk, it's it's kind of business as usual. And and you know what I like about this, uh, and guys, is the fact that you know Jim's the lead announcer. I don't have to uh, I don't have to call play by play. I just have to fill up the gaps or fill in the yeah. gaps, as it were. And I'm really enjoying that role. I really am. And uh, so it's just and and, and like you said, bully. I, my love of the business is back. And my love of the business, I hope it shines through because I really missed it. And I didn't realize how much I missed it. I tell you how, when I realized how much I missed it, when Conrad and I were doing shows and we would watch OECW shows and we would see a bully get up on there and uh, and talk to the people. And I remember thinking, I miss that. I, mi- I, I miss that. I miss that just, uh, just off the cuff talking and, and the promos and everything. And I, I miss all that. And so that's what realized that I missed all that stuff. Tony, one of the things that I've been saying, and please tell me if you agree or disagree, is the reason I enjoy AEW so much is because it's reminiscent of ECW. Right. And I'm talking about the passion of the fans and how AEW has been able to go out there and say, hey, wrestling fans, you're a part of us, you're with us, just like we did in ECW. And that's what's making AEW so special right now. With the WWE, it feels like there's this wall up, and there's always been this wall up between the company and their fans. With AEW, it's exactly the opposite. I, that's a great point. I think we are, uh, lack of a better term, born by the fans. I think we are we are here because the fans wanting something that they could relate to and something different than what they have. And I agree with that wall. I, I don't want to really uh, cast a bad light on the WWE because I have no reason to. I mm-hmm. want them to be successful. But, but I think that you're exactly right. I think they seem to do things that they want to do regardless of what the fans want. And I think that's something that we are doing differently. I think we are doing what the fans want. And the, 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 the fans are just into it like they were in the old ECW days. You know, Bully, I've always said that the type of wrestling that is stood the test of time is the old ECW wrestling. Because that's the type of wrestling, the bumps, the, the high-flying maneuvers, and the passionate fans that we have now. And, and so I think that has stood the test of time. So, uh I, I I agree with you there that uh, there's a wall that there's up and I and I think we're kicking that wall down. The the story with you, especially the last few years, has been fantastic because you did the podcast. What happened when with Conrad Thompson and Conrad brought you back into this world of wrestling and we right. missed you. The fans missed you. Well, I I didn't realize that, but thank you for they, saying that. They definitely did. And now being a part of AEW, and this wasn't even supposed to be the original role. I I know it was Alex Marvez that was right. supposed to be in that role. And then you came in there, and Alex Marvis is still doing wonderful things with AEW. I love Alex, but like, it's it's almost like the, it, this is just falling perfectly into place right, for you, right? Um, and it's almost like for us as a fans, almost like a dream. Like we're taking this ride with you. Do right. you feel like you're taking that ride with the fans too? I, I feel like I'm taking the 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 last the last hurrah ride. I really do. Uh, I I'm I'm very fortunate that nostalgia is big right now. With uh, with a thirty year old set with mm-hmm. uh, kids who grew up in the in the nineties when they're when the lobby here they're like three guys said you're the voice of my childhood I hear that all the time and I don't mind that I really don't um, and I I, I really rib uh, Excalibur I said in thirty years they're going to be saying that to you <laughs> you're the voice of their childhood <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so yeah so uh, I uh, it's not lost on me I uh, when when I started this when I met with Tony Khan it was really to do control centers. And to do another show, which we do now on YouTube called AEW Dark, to host that. 
that was my going to be my role. But then for some reason, it, it morphed into me joining Jim Ross on on the set. Jim really wanted me on there with him. He wanted me to, to broadcast with him. So, And I felt bad because in the first meeting that we had, our first night uh, doing the broadcast, I, I met with Alex. And I said, Alex, I'm sorry. I, I didn't come in to take your, take your job. And he said, you're not taking my job. I got plenty to do here. So... <laughs> So Alex, great guy. He's uh, you know, yeah. I, I, and he does a lot with the NFL. I know, and mm-hmm. uh, he helps us out a lot of the. Uh, I don't know if fans realize this, but a lot of the work that we do, a lot of the research, is done by Alex, and he gives us sheets every every night to, with some of the uh, some of the great lines that we say is thanks to the research that Alex Marvez has done. Uh, Tony, the world of wrestling that you came up in, that you broadcast, and the the athletes and entertainers that you were around relied heavily on in-ring psychology and storytelling. With AEW, especially last night, I'm going to point out that first tag team match, a tremendous lack of storytelling or psychology. The fans eat it up, though. The fans love it. And if it's getting over, then who is anybody to say it's not working? But as a fan, what are your personal feelings on the lack of the psychology in certain matches in AEW? Well, there's a part of me, Bully, that says, ah, man, I, I just don't get this. But then there's a part of me that says, you know what, I do get this because that's what they're cheering and that's what they're loving. Uh I, I know what you're saying. I, I really think the old the old time storyline and uh, is is really, you know, we're a TV show and and for like any TV show, you identify with the good guys and you it, the bad guys that are really really bad guys that you really hate. You really get invested in these people. It's character development. Uh, and uh, right now we I think right now we're just in the in just trying to get these guys over as athletes. Uh, and then maybe we can tell stories later on down the line. I, I think we're trying to tell a pretty good story with Chris Jericho yes. and, and Cody right now. And Phenomenal. I th- yeah, and, and I think that's going to it's going to be built because Jr. talks about this all the time. We have production meetings. He says, you know, fans online know these guys. They know the Bucks. I mean, the young Bucks are phenomenal. But on the nationwide level, on national TV, how many people really know them? How many people know Private Party right now? And the, the answer is not as many as the people online. So it's our job as announcers to try to get you to know these. And now you're knowing that while they can do spectacular stuff, down the road hopefully we can build storylines so you can know them personally. In the time that you've been away, there's been a lot of wrestling. You're talking Boy, over, there has, yeah, hasn't a, there? A lot of 15, <laughs> 15 years, a lot, right. of, a, lot of, a lot of wrestling. Yeah. And for the longest time, there hasn't been anything – that's been able to fill up a, a 10,000, 15,000 seat arena here in the States. Right. Now there is with AEW. Uh, are you surprised with almost the instant success of this brand new company? I'm, I No, in many ways I'm not. And it's because something that Bully was just talking about in that wall that was developed, uh, that really the fans wanted something more. And plus add to that, and I'm going to put over my boss here because it's always a good thing to do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm going uh, uh, to... Passion- well, your boss actually watches the show, unlike okay. my boss that doesn't listen to one minute really? of the show. Yeah, he, <laughs> just, he, just collects, he just collects the money, sir. What the hell's wrong yeah. with him? Okay. Yeah. So, I, my, and I'm, I'm talking about Tony Khan, the passion that he has for this business. You know, Tony Khan, I don't know if many people realize this, when he was in college, as a hobby, he wrote wrestling television shows. That was his hobby, to write wrestling television shows. That's how much he loved it. And his passion for the business and his business sense was able to really uh, kick this off. 
and obviously money had a lot to do with it. Yeah, of course. But, but, but still, you know, I mean, we're talking about a billionaire. You know, I, a funny story is that I always told told Lois back when wrestling was done, and, and I thought I would never get back into it, and I was working in, in college football and working with the Braves. And I remember telling Lois jokingly at the dinner table or wherever she would let me eat at that time, I would say, <laughs> I would say, you know what I, what I need is a billionaire who loves wrestling. Ta-da! There you go. There you go. There you go. So, so Tony Khan walks into our life, and he's uh, his enthusiasm for the business is inc- you've you've got to meet him to believe it. It's just unbelievable. He's he's wonderful. He really is. Tony, talking about uh, some of the younger guys on the AEW roster, which newer talent do you think has the opportunity to become a Cody or a Chris Jericho or be the biggest breakout star in AEW? Man, I really like Darby Allen. He's he's really really different, and, and that kind of sets him apart. Mm-hmm. He's really really crazy, <laughs> which makes me wonder how long he's going to last. I talked to him about this a lot. I mean, the the other day, a couple of weeks ago against uh, against Jericho, he wrestled with his hands tied behind his back, and he would dive through the ropes like a suicide dive with no hands up at all. And I'm thinking the guy is nuts. So I really like him. I, I Joey Janela last night on the show turned in a great performance. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy those. You know who I really like? I, I, I like Rio, our women's champion. I, she's, she, she gives us such great matches, and she is so easy to cheer for because she's so small. And she, even though she's a champion, it seems like every time she wrestles, she's the underdog because yeah. of her uh, because of her size and demeanor. But uh, I really like her, and uh, I, I think we're we're I think we're building stars as we go, bully. Uh, Wardlow's coming aboard with us uh, pretty soon, and we'll see him. He's big and strong. See what he can do. Uh, I think we're kind of feeling our way right now. Who's going to be the next star? But I really like Darby Allen. I like what he does. I was telling Bully, Darby Allen would have won that match if he would have hooked the leg. We got to hook the leg, right? Tony, you know, you got to hook a leg. You got to hook a leg, right? Almost like he had <laughs> his own hands tied behind his back. Boy, sounds like Jr. over here on my right. <laughs> got to hook a leg. Okay. Come on, you got to hook a leg, boy. You can't, you can't get the wind to hook a leg. Throw a little bit of barbecue sauce on it. We'll be fine there, Tony. Don't worry about nothing. Hey, Tony, let me let me ask you this. If Dusty was around right now, what would he think of AEW? Oh, my God. He would be so thrilled with AEW. We have in the back uh, Chris, who's one of our uh, one of our guys behind the scenes, uh, and he unveiled this the other when we were in uh, Philadelphia, I think just a week ago. He unveiled a sign that said, in memory of the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, and it has one of Dusty's cowbells from the early days of Dusty Rhodes. And it's a sign that was made. It sits back in the go position. And it kind of overlooks all of us because wow. Cody sits back there. And every time, every time now for the last two weeks when it's been out, I'll go and I'll look at that sign and I'll think about him and I'll think about what he meant to this business and uh, think about – and. A couple of surreal moments for me was the first meeting that we had on our very first show when Cody was running the meeting. And I'm thinking, man, it didn't seem like that long ago. I was in meetings where Dusty was running the meeting behind the scenes. And then if you'll recall uh, the first match that Cody had against uh, Sammy Guevara, Cody and I went to the ring, or I went to the ring to interview Cody, and Cody looked at me and we hugged. And that was a real moment because he was sobbing, crying, because the emotion not only of – well, of course, of winning a match and coming off the match, but also the emotion of the journey that he has had to try to yeah. put this company together and try to put this TV show together, and now here it was. And those are two moments I'll never forget. So Dusty, 
Bully Dusty's uh, Dusty's memory is with us. I worked with him for a long, long, long time, and I was a friend of his family's, and he's watching over us in the backstage area all the time. So he would be thrilled about his what his sons are doing. It's funny when you started with uh, Crockett Promotions and 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 working at six oh five on Saturdays. You grew up watching Mid Atlantic. Yes, wrestling. I did. So so many wrestlers that you were interviewing, you grew up watching. Right. And now here we are, two thousand nineteen. A lot of these wrestlers grew up hearing you. That's right. On commentary. I mean, right. Pretty pretty crazy how that's evolved. Yeah, huh? that that that's pretty wild. And you'll find you find out that I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them remember the old days we're wrestling fans remember what we do and and appreciate that and and that that you know it, it's you always like your ego being stroked and I, yeah. I really really enjoy that so but I, I really feel this and and I felt this when I was doing MLW too I like to feel that that I'm very important in helping them further their careers because their careers are going to go on for 20 years or so and 20 years or so I'm not going to be doing it anymore hopefully I can help launch their career be a springboard for their career and and, and help them to bigger and better things because that's what our job is for as, as i was just gonna say bully we talk about that all the time you know especially when we're growing up the commentators put over the wrestlers in the matches that's your job make them seem bigger than life yeah right. and, and and that's kind of been lost the last few years right and i see that coming back right. especially with aew right and i think that i think we do a good job of trying to talk about what we see in the ring instead of trying to get you to buy a pay-per-view. Now, we will do that, but I remember my last couple of day, years of WCW. I can remember the last couple of years of WCW really kind of ignoring matches and just talking about pay-per-view coming up and, you mm -hmm. know, uh, Starcade, Starcade coming up or Halloween Havoc coming up and really ignoring it. And uh, so I, I think that's what we're going back. And it goes back to the points you were talking about, Bully, that uh, – uh, you know, telling the stories. Uh, we're trying to tell the stories as best we can, but right now the fans are just really into the high spots, so we're just kind of going right along with them, and and hopefully we'll get to know them after that. Tony, you obviously were a part of the Monday Night Wars. You saw everything happen, unfold. Um, we're only four weeks into the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah. I think it's great for wrestling fans. From your point of view, how is it going so far for both companies? And what what do you think the future has in store for both companies as they go head-to-head -head for the time being? I don't know if the – I know a lot of people have said the golden era of wrestling is going to return with this, what's going on. I'm really not so sure it is. Uh, I, I think that – I think what we have done and, and what the Wednesday War with NXT has done is has really put a lot of attention back on the sport, which I think is good. Listen, I want everybody to succeed. I, yeah. I really do. I, I think it's good for business. Uh, and if you're talking about a war, does that mean that he wants to put us out of business or we want to put him out of business? I, I don't know what the answer to that is. War for ratings, war for no – I know we look at the numbers when they come out every uh, Thursday afternoon, and, and our numbers have been very good. And I know TNT is very excited about us, which, uh, which is good. So I, I don't know where this is all going to go in the next three or four years, but uh, – I just know right now I'm having a good time being on one side. Uh, I mentioned that there was somebody else in studio as well, Bully. Our very own Mark Henry and the man. is here in studio. Yes. yes. I'm Mark. just sitting back listening to the smooth sounds of Tony Schiavone. Thank you, Mark Henry. Good talking to Mark, you. Mark, uh, I saw I saw on your Twitter that you were involved in some eating contest or something. How come you didn't invite I me? I was in not involved in an eating contest. I was a judge at the World Food Championships. Mm. And we've had some conversation via text message. 
So don't act like you don't know what's going on, sir. I really don't know what's going on, <laughs> sir. He was judging That's why I'm you about it. It was the hamburgers. Which I, hamburger I judge, did you like ba- best? I judge bacon and bacon dishes, and I judge burgers, and I judge uh, steak. So to, to be able to judge, you have to eat. You have to eat. All right. There Which you is, you know, right up my ass. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Bacon judging contest. Yeah. Wow, that'd be great. It was awesome. I bet it was. And and the funny thing is, is they want to make it a competition now. Like, they want to move it into um, it being a competition. I say, you know what, like. Like hot dog I, eating contests? No, not so much. Like, um. Like barbecue, like, like sports, like barbecue, right? Like you like know, barbecue Memphis contest. barbecue versus right. Texas, I you know you. that kind of thing. So, um, Jersey, I'm, I'm, barbecue, I can't I'm wait. Sure I can't Texas wait. Yeah, ass. Jersey barbecue. Jersey, that's like okay. Jersey barbecue. That's like that's like saying steak and Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey barbecue is worse than Jersey Transit. <laughs> you gotta have a little dirt on it for Jersey barbecue. You know what I mean? It probably does have a little dirt on it. I'm just saying. But I, Tony, is there any is there anybody back there who's not fitting in right now, or is everybody getting along? Oh, everybody's getting along. No politics right now. Oh, come nothing. on, Jericho must be a, Jericho must be a pain in the ass. Well, of course he's a pain in the ass. ass. The world champion's always a pain in the ass, and he's got his own room, and I get that. But he's still Chris Jericho, and I think Chris Jericho is. You know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week. Boy, here we go. All all of a sudden, the weeks are getting by. But the the promo that Jericho cut in the ring uh-huh. when he introduced his inner circle, I thought it was one of the great interviews That's he's great. ever cut. It, it really was. It so was I, very entertaining. Yeah, it was. And he's uh, so he's uh, he's back on top, deservedly so. No politics. Not a pain in the ass uh, yet. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. He's. Uh, I, I just. No, love you're him. not. No, I am. No, I am. no. Can't no, you, no, you're not. I can't believe you buried Chris Jericho. I'm not no, 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 no. It's not. It's not Chris, about Chris. Jericho. Loves some Chris. It's not about Jericho. Tony, you said there's no politics right now. Right. You're smart enough. You've been around this business to know that politics is a part of the game. And once the honeymoon phase is over, politics always comes into play. We just hope that it's not as bad as it could have been 20 or 30 years ago. And I don't think it will be. Uh, it won't ever be. Right. I don't. You're I, Very good. I, you're right. I don't think it will ever be that way uh, because I was right in the midst of all that stuff. But I think we can all agree in every sports, there's politics, right? No, it is. Yeah. So it's just another extension of the sports world, I think. Now, Mark, you said it won't ever be. I- explain. Why don't you think it ever will be? Well, because be everybody understands now that uh, it's a it's a corporation. Like, it's a business. It's not the wild, wild west, like people going into business for themselves because the whole locker room will kick your ass. Um, it's it's, it's uh, Everybody's working to make the brand better rather than just the individual matches better. Right. But if you have any sweat on your balls, mm. you want to go out there and have the best match on the card. And sometimes you get you get uh, handicapped. You get handcuffed. Hey, uh, we need you to stay on the ground. Uh, stay in the ring. You get all of the stuff what not to do mm-hmm. because you know it's going to happen later. And some guys will be like, like Bully Ray, uh, we're just going to do it and apologize later on, <laughs> which, ask, is, ask which was his style right. of work. Right. But sure. it worked, and, and that's why he was great is he was ambitious. But um, some of those guys, some of those young guys, they can't do that yet. And that's why he said not yet because they haven't got the big – eventually private party is going to want to be – 
just like Pentagon. Mm-hmm. They want to do what he does when he does it, right. but they haven't earned that yet. Yeah. So when that time comes, then we might have to have one of those conversations in the back hallway. Hey, guys, uh, can you not go into business for yourself? <laughs> but I, I love them. I think that they are uh, really exciting. And you can tell that they want to get over. You know, and a lot of people don't know how to. They know how to. They're just like, you know, wait your turn. But I think it's their time right now. And um, even Wednesday, I mean, it might not have been the most technically sound match, but everything they did, to me, got over. It was right. exciting and it was fun. It was right. fun. And, and, and that's what the crowd right. loved it. And if the crowd loves it and they feel like they got their money's worth, you win. That's right. Very good. And, you know, when it comes to getting over, and gentlemen, you know, Tony and Mark, I'm sure you can back me up on this. With wrestling, it doesn't matter what gets over as long as it gets over. Right. If it can sell, if, if it can sell a ticket, if it can sell a pay-per-view, if it can sell a T-shirt, it doesn't matter what it is. It gets over and you run with it. And that's why I agree with you, Tony. It is a double-edged sword when it comes to like that opening tag match last night. As a tag wrestler and as a guy like yourself who's been around for so long, we know that psychologically it's wrong. Everything about it is wrong. The referee is wrong. But it's over. Right. And who- you can't, and there's ten thousand people going crazy for it. So we can't sit here and bitch and moan about it. It's working, right? And it in is. wrestling, and in rock and roll, and or any any other form of entertainment, if it can work, you run with it, right? I'll give you another example too: is Orange Cassidy. Uh, okay, well, I, I like him. Well, there well, you well, go. Why has he got so much heat? It, well, he's, he's with, with certain that, people in the business. He, he has. He has no heat with me. Mark, would you work with Orange Cassidy and let him do his stuff against you? Yes, I would. And then I would jack his ass up and give him the world's <laughs> strongest jack slam. Okay. okay, so we're on the same page. But, but here's the thing. When we were in Boston or Philadelphia, when we were in Philadelphia, there were like three or four people dressed as Orange Cassidy in the stands. So that is getting over even though it's right. in many ways kind of ridiculous. I have a damn sock on my in my in my war room. Yeah. A sock. Okay. Mankind. Uh-huh. Mick Foley. Right. Cactus Jack. Right. Pick one. Right. I, yeah, a, Mr. Socko. Yeah, Mr. Socko. I remember I they started selling them in the arena. Mm-hmm. And you would see a thousand, two thousand with a sock, sock on their hand. That right. cost $12. <laughs> and you could have took your ass to Walmart right. and right. bought a pair of socks, two socks, right. for $1.99. Yeah, those, those socks and now cost. And draw the same thing on it, but you, you, they sold it. Right, 12 bucks. I have one. Right. And I love it because that's wrestling. Right. We, we can take nothing and make something right. and have everybody love it. Yeah. And, and that's that's what we're talking about here. Like, right. what can we do to make the crowd want to love our business and feel like they're a part of it? Sure. And that's what I think private party is going to be able to do. I think they're going to be one of those groups that the people want to live vicariously through them in the ring, but they also want a part of them. Right. And what are they going to be able to sell? Right. I don't know what that is yet. That's well, up to them. They're going to have to come up with it. That, and, and that's the challenge for all of us to build storylines for them, to make you 
identify with those kids because yeah. those kids are the, I know where those kids trained. I know they're from Brooklyn. I know their story. We had a, a nice little video on them online, but we got to take that video now. We got to tell the mm-hmm. story about right. them to make you identify with them more than just these high flying athletic kids. And you, you mentioned Orange, Orange Cassidy. If Orange Cassidy had a match with me, he would be a megastar the next week mm-hmm. because I would put his ass over. Right. And 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 you talk about how would you sell his stuff? I would grab him and throw him in the corner, yeah. and he would probably do his little turn and yeah. stuff. And then I would run a hundred miles an hour to squish the shit out of him. Yeah. And then he would move right. like just, and I would hit it, boom, and I would take a back bump, and he would just fall over and cover me. I would kick him <laughs> off me. Holy shit! And what then I would, I'm to, telling you, I would. Wait, I would wait a minute, too. I would. I'm throwing a flag. You throwing a flag? I'm throwing. Throw the I'm flag. throwing a bullshit throw flag. Throw the flag, dude. You, okay, hold on, hold on. I'm, you're gonna put him over, or you're gonna get him over? I'm gonna get him over. Okay, you said put him over, which means you're gonna let him pin you. He just Are said you he letting was. Orange? No, 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 no. I said that no. I was gonna. I was gonna make him look like a million bucks. No, you said you were going to put him over, and putting wow. him over yeah, means you're going to do the favor for him. So you know are what? you laying that down? That was my fault. Passion. That was my fault. Okay. I used the wrong terminology, okay. sir. I just, I just love the fact. I, I feel attacked, I just love sir. the fact that there's a wrestler that's playing pocket pool. If I would have known that, I would have, I would have joined pro wrestling when I was no, 14. I'd have been a pro at 14. I mean, you're, talking Mark, about, you're talking Mark. about one sock pocket pool. I mean, it's like I'm 13 again. But Mark, you know damn well, Tony. You know. Getting him over is a lot more important than putting him. That, and a lot exactly. it is. It's a big difference. And the guys in the locker room should feel a badge of honor if they can make him. And and that that's something that I feel like is more prevalent in this business today than it was in the old days. Because when I came in the locker room, they thought this somebody's trying to steal my job. Right. And they tried to make me look bad. And 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 I, I didn't help none because I, I was like Man, I'll kill you. Right, yeah. Like, because you were bigger, you you were bigger yeah. and better than the rest of them. And, 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 right. and, it was, and it was different, and people didn't love me. Right. They, didn't, they didn't embrace me. Yeah. They didn't bring me in. Right. So I was- well, There's a lot of fear factor in there, I was double working. Yeah. I was trying to trying to do it, but right. nobody ever told me how to. And I, the wrestling business is different than sports. Yeah. It's way different. The, the entertainment aspect of it and the old traditions hold true. And I I wish I'd had somebody like a Bully Ray that would have found me when I was early because Bully does that to guys. You know, when shit goes awry, he goes up to him, puts his arm around him, go, hey, man, you know you're messing up, right? Right. Like, you're making it bad on yourself. I can't help you if you're going to make it bad for me, too. If I, if I stand up for you and you go and do the same thing, then we both rotten. And well, right, we got a lot more people in the business like that. There's now. a lot of guys that's yes. like yeah. that now. Yeah. It wasn't like that back in the right. day. Right, Tony. You know who I am absolutely salivating to work with? Uh, who is that, Billy Ray? Marco Stunt. Really? Would you? I want to. Would you put? It, would, I would, you want to? Would you put him over? 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. You know why? why? And this is why I say maybe. Okay. Mark couldn't do it because Mark is a lovable babyface. Bully Ray is a hated heel. Right. So Bully Ray putting over Marco's stunt does nothing to Bully Ray. It doesn't affect him. Right. I want to shove it up the wrestling world's ass right. and work with this kid and show people the magic that can be done with a five foot two, hundred and fifteen pound soaking wet with a brick in his pocket. Nothing. I've taken craps bigger than this kid, but I can make 15,000 people believe in him. You're talking about Dave Le- Dave here now? I, I... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Nobody oh. believes in him. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was describing you, Dave. I wasn't sure. Uh, it's been a long time since I weighed that much, Tony. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since. Yeah, I... Marco Stunt. Uh, you know, they took a lot of heat, but we had to put Marco in there uh, at the last minute. and I thought Jim Cornette about... loved it. Oh, I'm, he, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I called Jimmy, man. Yeah. I called Jimmy uh, day before yesterday. Yeah. And just said thank you uh-huh. for coming back to TV. Good. Because I missed him. Right. And and I I, I mean as as crazy as hell as Jimmy is, there's nobody that's more passionate about wrestling than he is. One of the most entertaining men ever in this yeah. business. Okay. Ever. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.